Bienvenue, mesdames et messieurs, dans un autre épisode du podcast Shops et Preds. Take a guess at what language that t- is. It's a dangerous game you're playing. Take Ooh. a guess at what language that is, and you could be featured on the next episode of Shops and Preds. Um, but with that said, welcome in to another episode of Shops and Preds. As we've said before, the only transatlantic CFL podcast this week. Matt, Tyler, myself, say hello, guys. Hello, guys. Hey, how's it going? We've wrapped up week 17 of the CFL season. We're heading in really to the home stretch. So what we're going to do for you this week is, on top of our normal Preds talking league leaders, maybe talk a little bit of the trade deadline, we are going to start kick off this episode talking about who has been the biggest disappointment of the CFL season. Specifically, we're talking which team, though as this conversation goes, we could very well get uh, to an individual level in terms of disappointment. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I don't no, know no, that that was specified that it was a team in the... Okay, so there we go. <laughs> chat, so, so I, I did we not... We could start with anybody. I don't have a team for you. There's you a lot. I do obviously have two teams. Matt's getting personal. Tyler is. Uh, I always get. get personal. I always get personal. I've got like a list of like different positions we can. And oh, about. perfect. So, I'll start us off with like a nice easy one. Beautiful. You know? Let's get into so, it. And again, we're not angry. No, no, no. We're disappointed. Well, and that's this will ease us into it. The the first disappointment from this year is the the running backs of the CFL for no other reason than we've just been absolutely killed by injuries. Uh, you know, at this point, hopefully we'll see Willie stand back back. I don't know where James Wilder stands. He's he was done for the season a long time ago. He he's done. Him. Okay, so we've got, he's done. Andrew Harris is done. We haven't heard anything about William Powell, which is really disappointing oh, yeah. because that's something that the CFL has never been great about, you know, other than really Andrew Harris for the longest time. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and there were even great players for salary cap reasons and other reasons kind of not within their powers were, were not able to stick around. We think of guys like C.J. Gable, um, you know, guys that, that are great and had a place, but, you know, when it – when the rubber meets the road and you really got to put together a CFL football team, an expensive running back is one of those that really does not typically seem to pencil out. So like the first one gone. Exactly. So yeah. we had a ton of those guys, I felt, um, yeah. that could really step up. And none of them really did in a big way um, other than Kadeem Carey. Hey, Brady, um, give, Brady Oliveira, he, give Brady Oliveira his... Brady Oliveira had has had a very good second half of the season. Yeah, and so has Kadeem Carey. So both those guys early on were like, okay, something's, something's up. Something we did not expect, which was like pretty lackluster running back play. Yes. But then they started to get, to get going, and then it kind of all fell apart physically. So that's a disappointment is that we really didn't get to see the battle of the running backs that we kind of expected at the beginning of the season. The same. No, this the, I, top, I, the top. The top team. Oh, here. Let all, me let me comment on this running sorry, back yeah. thing really quick. Because I was going to mention this later uh, when we get to league leaders. But yeah, we're not going to see our first thousand yard rusher until week nineteen. 
that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Now, it happens because, you know, Stampeders have a bye week this week. The, the thought is Kerry will probably crack the 1,000-yard mark when they play in Week 19. Currently, he's sitting at 949. But, yeah, that's crazy. Just so many, I think, you know, uh, the Rough Riders, they have Jamal Morrow gets hurt. Well, great, you got a great backup in Frankie Hickson. He gets hurt. Um, yeah, no team. Um, and then even even somebody who's stayed healthy for, he's missed a couple games, but majority of the season stayed healthy in James Butler for BC. His usage has just been way, way up and down. Yeah. Some weeks he looks like, oh yeah, that's an all star, and other weeks it's like, okay, do they do they even factor this guy into their game plan? But yeah, I, I think that's a great call, Matt. Hamilton does not even have a top ten rusher, so there are teams that have two running backs, and so so teams like Sketch and Montreal, who have two running backs in the top ten in yards, and teams that don't have one. Wow. That's how bad it is. Oh, so, wow. Well, they're Hamilton, just not even utilized. Like, Ham- Hamilton does not even have a, no. a somebody who has rushed for more than 394 yards the entire season. I, mean, I, I think, John, do you, I think you took Don Jackson. Uh, yes, I did take jo- Don Jackson. And I took Sean Thomas Erlington. And, like, both those guys got some meaningful play last year. But they just, yeah, they're just not even being utilized. Yeah. So running back play, disappointing. I think he can be really electric. I mean, as much as I hated to see Kadeem Carey get all those touches um, and uh, Logan at the end of uh, the game this this week, like a really good ground game is a lot of fun, especially in the CFL. You know, it, it benefits in the same way that the um, the air game does with a wider field, more room to run. It just allows for more exciting plays that can extend past the contact and we just haven't seen it so that that's disappointing no i completely agree it's a great change of pace to such a pass heavy league when a team commits to running the football and they do so successfully um yeah this year that's a great that and like we said we're not angry at the running games yeah not at all just disappointing all right tyler what, what about you what do you got uh, I'm going to go handling of on-field misbehavior. Oh! Uh, like our friend Mr. Marino. We have seen last year, if you'll recall, in the playoffs, the Toronto-Montreal game, there was scuffles between fans and Toronto players. Toronto-Hamilton. Toronto-Hamilton, sorry. Yes. Um, and that was a bad look for the league uh, towards the end of the season. Um, it was not handled very well. Um and coming into this season, I've seen this it, just general behavior of players on the field get worse. Not necessarily to fans, uh, but to each other. Garrett Marino incident, we've chronicled in this pod, handled terribly from the jump by, by the league, by the Rough Riders, by the players themselves. Um, apologies to the media, but not apologies to people that they've been racist against. Headhunting. Um, th- that that was that was ugly and only ended uh, what three weeks ago, um, even though it started in the second or third week of the season. Um, we've had punches on the field. Uh, we had just scuffles all throughout different games this season. 
Um, I do I do like the intensity. I mean, I want the team, players to be invested in the league, and, and, but also there's a line where it's sort of crossed into, it's quite normal now to be talking about things uh, in the game that have nothing to do with the actual game. Um, yeah. And so I would just say generally discipline around the league uh, has not been great. Um, I think that's a great point. Which is, to me, a reflection on the... the one the the where the league's at financially, um, which oh. we don't. I'm not going to dig into, but I mean, I think they just don't want to. They don't want to find players or sit them out or or get too heavy-handed with things. They don't want to draw negative attention to themselves. So they'd rather just ignore and advance. Um, you've got coaches that are sort of either too comfortable in their positions, i.e., the brothers Dickinson. Um, <laughs> Or, or, or just Thank you co- for bringing them up. I would have been upset if you didn't. Um, which I'll bring up l- later for other reasons. Although you could tag that onto the running back situation because Kadeem Carey could, should have well over 1,000 yards at this point in the season if he had a coach that wanted to give him the touches that he deserved. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got other, on other teams coaching carousels. So, you know, how much control of the locker room do these coaches have? Probably not that much. Um, so... Just yeah, I would. So to me, if we're gonna want to funnel that blame somewhere, I would say to, on the coaching staffs. Um, but the league is, as a whole, just yeah, get it, clean it up, clean it. Up. I'm not saying that there shouldn't be ferocity between opponents and things like that, but um, I want it to be enjoyable. Uh, I want it to see it play out on the fi- on the field, as it were. So let's clean it yeah, up. Yeah, f- fighting is not fun. I think the highlight of this was like. Yeah. Um, the back-to-back games between the uh, Riders and uh, Argos in the oh, middle of the yeah. season, uh, touchdown Atlantic, kicked that off, where they were just like, just punching each other and headbutting each other and getting in each other's face after every play, and it was like a, it was an absolute detraction from the game. In the second game, like if you uh, ostensibly was a good that of that series at touchdown Atlantic was actually a, like a competitive game it was close but yeah it was marred by just unruly behavior yeah no good no good i well okay mine is the ottawa red blacks um and i think the big reason is is because you know your disappointment level is always going to be relative to your expectations and no team for me had higher expectations than the red blacks uh, I bought in lock, stock, and barrel. Particularly, I want to credit their video production team. The <laughs> Red Blacks were putting out such incredible content this off season and throughout the season. Uh, they're behind the R series, and specifically, I want to focus in on one of the episodes, which was uh, they highlighted the Masoli effect. And so they bring in Masoli, and then they get a guy you mentioned, Matt, William Powell. You know, and then they get Acklin, and I'm watching that, just going like, "Yes, they're of course they're going to totally turn this around." And I was so bought in, and obviously that has not worked out at all. I read a stat today that the Red Blacks have two passing; t- they had they had two passing touchdowns uh, since August. So that's an entire month and then one week of games that they accounted for two passing touchdowns. That's just absurd. Um, Obviously, Paul LaPolice lost his job um, over the weekend, um, which 
had to happen. Uh, the team is not good. They were not good last year. Um, and then, you know, the Masoli injury, Matt, as you said, the William Powell injury, the feelings at times that they actually have a pretty good defense. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe they just were out on the field too much because their offense stinks, or maybe they're, they're just inconsistent. It was kind of hard to actually get a read on what their defense truly is. Um, but, yeah, that broke my heart. I was totally bought in. I was ready for a big red-black season. Um, and it's just been an absolute disaster. It's not been what we wanted to see. We wanted to see the East be competitive. And Dude, Ottawa... remember when we were like, the East is better than the West? We were having... We, we wanted it. I think we wanted it bad. I think if you're talking about my Toronto, I still want it. I think I'm still searching for it. I, like, I made a pick last week, and you did as well, where I, want, I really wanted... It was more a pick of a wish, I guess, pick than a, than a pick that made any sense last week for Toronto. And Clearly. boy, boy, was it just totally yeah. misguided. No, I think that's true, though, Tyler. Just, like, up that to the Eastern Conference in general has just kind of taken a big dump on this whole season. Because <laughs> I, I, I really, at this point in the season, and I've said this before, but I, I hate the prospect of two of the three, BC, Calgary, and Winnipeg, not playing for a Grey Cup. And I understand this is how divisions work. This is how geography works. It happens in pro sports. The NBA Eastern Conference did this for like 15 years. But it's like, but I I, I can't. Yeah, well, when the East was weak in the NBA, yeah, the West was just a buzzsaw. Yep. And it's like, yeah, but like, it stinks that you have these, the, 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 the league is just so unbalanced. Because I can stomach good teams being left out of the Grey Cup, or not left out, but good teams not making it, if I'm confident that there's going to be solid challengers on the other side. But when you're looking across to the East, and the what is what are the the Argos now are two games over 500? Yeah, eight and six. Um, and you've got Calgary in third. That's five games <coughs> over. 500 <laughs> like come on now you got to be kidding me that's just it's just kind of, it's just that's third place let me repeat third place five games over first place in the east is two games over uh it's it's disappointing to say the least so i i hope you know my hope for next year is that that can change around and we can get back to some level of evenness um and you know the hashtag league of parody uh, that's what the best part about this league is even teams, and so hopefully that, that turns around. Do we want to talk specific players at all? Uh, yeah, but also teams, too. It, it, oh, let's, good. Go ahead. Matt, I think it's, it's your up. I won't. I won't uh... Well, I've got, I've got somebody in mind, but I don't, I don't want to be the first to say it. So. Right. It's Cody Fajardo. Cody Fajardo. What the hell happened to Cody Fajardo this year? Cody Fajardo and the in the in the Saskatchewan Rough Riders as a yeah. as a as a team exactly um, especially the as a uh, record label as a staff the <laughs> the 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 defense is hate, is hate, 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 hate. really the one for me like to like we we like we know that Winnipeg is good but this past game was 
just really bad, especially for a team that's fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah. And both sides of the ball really couldn't get it done, but I think the defense has struggled continuously all year. Uh, I'm I'm pretty certain, let me check the stats, I'm fairly certain they did not let up a sack uh, in, in this most recent game, but the, the riders, Cody had been correct. sacked the riders on... did not uh, give up a sack. That is yeah. correct. Uh, Cody has been they sacked on, about that on their 12 and a half percent of pass plays. Ooh. Cody Fajardo gets sacked. He drops back knowing he's got a one and eight shot of just getting creamed. Right. <laughs> and even when he doesn't get creamed, he's mostly running for his life. I don't blame everything on Cody Fajardo, uh, but uh, we obviously had high hopes for him, and I think he has shown glimpses of of, of that same kind of energy. Uh, his transition from a hyper-mobile VA Masoli type, or really a Mike Riley V2, <clears throat> his transition into more of a Bo Trevor type mold of you know, running when he needs to, well, I guess Bo never does that, but running when he absolutely needs to, or mostly running to, you know, avoid, extend the play. His transition to that has been rocky to say the least. Let And let me, I want to jump on this, but this is, I want to jump on the riders, not just Cody right now, but I, I want to highlight what happened in the fourth quarter of this week's game. Oh boy. Um, so, the highlight riders, or low light? Well, highlight for <laughs> the Bombers. But the Riders start the quarter, they kick a field goal, cut the deficit to four points, 13 to 17. The, uh, the Bombers then score a touchdown in two plays. The, then they make the Riders go three and out. Um, the Bombers then score a touchdown in two plays. Uh, they make the bombers, uh, they, the bomb or the riders get a big play and then go three and out, um, <laughs> and then the bombers tallied off nine consecutive running plays to take the clock from 6:46 to getting the ball back to the riders with a minute 46 on the clock, and at that point <laughs> it's over. Bombers win 31 to 13. That is just that just highlights the levels in terms of discipline in terms of making big plays, in terms of being timely with your offense that just has escaped the riders all season. Has escaped them all season. And then vice versa, their defense breaking when they need them most is just, yeah, it, it is classic. <laughs> oh, it's, it's not going to – yes, it's not pretty. And it's disappointing. And Matt and I picked Cody to be the – League leader in passing yards this season. Uh, let's do a little quick check-in on that. Uh, Cody is currently sitting in fifth, uh, nearly 700-plus yards behind Zach Claros, despite starting nearly every game. Um, this is why I'm a bad gambler, because I see patterns where they should not don't exist, but should not exist. In my mind, I thought, like, Cody's never had a huge season. He's never really thrown consistently over 300 yards a game he must be due 
he's got to be and he saw his return to he's gonna return to his 2019 form yeah but we also we also saw the receiver the healthy receiver core they put out this season and we thought well duke williams is going to be the best one of the best receivers in the cfl duke williams mia on that on that receiving list we thought that um uh the other two my brain is um Shaq Evans, or yeah, yeah Shaq Evans. Shaq, is, Shaq Evans, Evans is back after having Kyron you know, Moore. You know, we we looked at this and thought, wow, okay, Cody doesn't even even have to be that great. Those guys are all you know potential uh, all stars in their own right. So he's just got to get the ball out of his hand and let them do the work. Well, turns out it's a little harder than that. And also, those guys did not manage to stay on the field very long. Again, disappointing. Their receiver core disappointing. The, yeah. it's the, it's to me you said Otto was most disappointing they're really disappointing because they lost their their quarterback it really messed up with their whole season uh yes I think other things you highlighted were true but that was the biggest piece this is like across the board each each unit on this team has had its blemishes um and it's you like you said it's based on expectations and we had we had high expectations for Saskatchewan and they're, Especially they start the season four and one. Yeah, but it was we all knew it was a misleading four and one. They were barely they were winning. Ugly. I didn't know it was that misleading. We were they were. Slopped. I didn't know they would go two and eight over their last ten. <laughs> they they, didn't know, like, they slopped the it yeah, up. It was misleading. I didn't know it was that misleading. They slopped it up though. Those wins were slop. We if if you go look at those box scores, it was a whole lot of slop. Yeah, um, but they had dominant. Like we'll talk about it. It's fitting that they're rematching them this week when they played Hamilton in week one they sacked Dane Evans eight times yeah. and you're like okay this defense is for real these guys are contenders and yeah it was they weren't you know world beating but you start the season four and one and I think you it's fair to believe that there's yeah who I mean to go 10 and 8 over a 10 game stretch is, is just shocking truly shocking <laughs> So, but do we have anybody else to uh, air griv- grievances towards, um, or, or shall we move on and say let bygones be bygones? Are we? Are we? Are, are we? Are we, are we air- bad energy. I don't well, know if we're airing grievances. We're just, I think we're just like highlight. Yeah, I feel like we could come back to this at the end of the sixth. Once the Grey Cup is done and talk about it too. If Winnipeg, sad moment. If Winnipeg doesn't win the Grey Cup with Nathan Rourke being out. Uh, to me, that's like at this point for Winnipeg. How that's, about okay? That's well, disappointment. Well, I'll have to met, go ahead, Matt. Finish. Let's finish this segment. But I have a question to ask you guys related to what Tyler just said. No, I was just gonna say I know we're uh, um, and we're wrapping up, but I, I think this conversation leads nicely into the the Preds. I know we have to go through. Um, I know we have to go through league leaders, but the first game in the upcoming week is this is the game of the year. And I, we'll, we'll talk about it. But I'm so excited. I absolutely it, – it, it, there's a lot on the line. There's a lot on the line. All right. I, I, yeah, okay. Before we get to league leaders, first question, it's the uh, trade deadline tomorrow. Does anybody have any names – does anybody have anybody that they'd see as a big mover and a shaker? It's hard with so many teams still in play. The VA like move, said, the big, the VA move was the big shaker. To me. The big shaker to me happened. BC 
clearly needed a starting quarterback uh, yeah. with the roster. With the roster they have, they had to make a move because simply their place in the division um, and all other things considered. So to me, the big move has been made. So if we're talking about playoff teams that need to make a move, I don't know like, what what do these teams need. I, I, maybe that's a segment for the next week. If you're so, asking well, me, well, it can't be a segment for next yeah. week because then the trade deadline will be over. That's a good point. I'm thinking so it must be a segment for now. Who 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 would not take this trade? You ready for this one? Straight up. Oh, hit me on it. Ricky Ray for a first round pick, <laughs> Stephen Giles and Grant Shaw. Who says no? Wow, I you know what? It's that outside the box thinking that has really made you uh, a player in the production. Would, would Nick Ar- would Nick Arbuckle take a move to Saskatchewan? No. Saskatchewan what? Listen, him. if uh, that that. I don't know what I'd do if that happened. I, I even as bad as Cody has played, like if no, somebody in Saskatchewan thinks like, oh, you know what we need to do? Like trade away some asset Bo, on Bo, our squad Bo, for Bo, Nick Le- Bo Levi to Sketch. The, the Bo is the only one I think a large move that could that's happen. That's not happening. No, I don't think it will happen. They wouldn't sabotage themselves like that. All right, here's the name for me. I've mentioned it before. Devontae Williams, who's been the best running back for Ottawa this year. I think he's a legitimate player. I think he's solid. If I was two teams, one, I know Jamal Morrow is back practicing. He's limited. But if I was Scatch, I'd take a look at bringing in Williams uh, to have some insurance running back. Um, And then I like A.J. Olette. I was not the, the, that much. I think I would make a move if I was Toronto. Um, I think they complement each other pretty well. Willette I mean, is kind of a bruiser, and Williams is more of a a scat back, a finesse guy. So that I I think Williams is. I've said this. I think you know he came in as a backup um, to Powell this year, but then Powell was obviously injured. I think Williams can be a legitimate starter in this league. He's somebody that I would. You know, I don't know. Again, it's the CFL. Trades are weird. And how much is, you know, a running back worth? I don't know. But that's just a name I think could help somebody down the line. And then final thing, which, Tyler, thank you for making me think of this. You said, Tyler, that if the Bombers don't win the Grey Cup, it would be a massive disappointment. Well, right now, they are not the favorites to win the Grey Cup according to the CFL simulation from CFL.ca. Stop it. Is it it's by a be, wide margin too. By, 11%. by about 15 points. Yeah. Is it is it Cal, is it Calgary? It is Calgary. According to the CFL simulation. I mean, I I personally I think Calgary is my if you're asking me like gun in my head. Well, I predicted that at the beginning it. of the year. I just thought I should mention that. Yeah, yeah, based on factors which are no longer relevant, but yes. Based on my own thoughts which are always relevant. <laughs> anyway. Um <laughs> They Calgary is they give them a forty point six four percent chance to win the Grey Cup. That is sizable. Well, that is is that the correct phrasing? They won forty point six percent of the simulation. Oh yeah, fair enough, fair enough. And I don't know how that translates to like a percent chance. It might be one to one, but I want to yes. phrase it this the latter way just to be very clear and i i will say the the winnipeg bombers social media team fair play to them they correctly identified this post by cfl's twitter as bait 
uh, <laughs> something meant to agitate. Um, but I, I know they threw in some variable in there, which was don't let Winnipeg be the projected favorite. Um, but yeah, th- that I found interesting. I think I, I you know, I, I don't think, or I think you could definitely argue that Calgary's maybe really coming into stride. Obviously their defense has played very solid the last couple weeks. Every week that Jake Mayer plays, um, you think that offense is going to get better. Uh, but that being said, like the Bombers are 13 and two. Like, in what world is that team uh, not going to be the ones, you know, not the ones favored to win the Grey Cup? I just thought that was really odd. All oh, right, let's move. Let's, let's, no, no, let's move forward. I'm ready to go. Okay, let's talk league leaders before we work in the week 18. Uh, passing yards. We've got all of a sudden, we've got some competitions on our hands that we got to focus on. Caleros is sitting at three thousand eight hundred and forty or eight ah, three thousand eight hundred and seventy-four, only eight yards ahead of MBT. So there's one to keep an eye on. In rushing yards, we already mentioned this. Kadim carries in the lead with nine hundred and forty-nine. Uh, Oliveira's behind him. Um, I think Oliveira's got to go for about. A buck fifty this week to maybe be the first to a thousand yards. Uh, probably not going to happen, but you never know. Uh, the receiving yards race is great right now. It's Dom Rhymes in the league with one thousand one hundred and sixty-five, but Dalton Schoen is closing in. Schoen has tallied two hundred and eighty-three yards in his last two games, and conversely. In the uh, receiving touchdowns race, it's shown that has a one touchdown lead over Rhymes, uh, shown with 11 touchdowns to Rhymes' 10. Uh, so things between those two heating up to see who's going to have the best season as a receiver. And then, of course, my favorite, Sacks. Uh, Lorenzo Malden sacked VA twice this week. He's got his total up to 14, currently has a two sack lead over Sean Lemon, who's got 12. Um, I also want to say I saw somebody from Three Down Nation. Uh, they wrote an article making the case that Sean Lemon should be Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I thought it was cowardly. He should clearly be the MOP, and we know this. <laughs> With that, he was said, not on the voting. Oh, the whole no, he was. He was. Sean Lemon was on. The I board. need to vote again because he, and when I went on there, he was not available well, so to vote for. So it was for. up, then they got it taken down. Yeah, they that that whole CFL All Star voting is. It's a mess. I did vote for the correct talking receivers. I voted for the correct receiver, who is Eugene Lewis. Ah, I think it's weird. The fact that you can only pick one receiver. That was incredibly odd. One of the weirdest things. (laughs) We we got to talk to the league office. You got to get us in there, guys. Uh, Or at least text us. Hey, like, does this look good? No, you can only vote for one receiver. I also think, like, wouldn't, like... I feel, I feel that we as fans are capable of selecting an entire starting, uh, starting um, twelve on both sides. Like, are we not? <laughs> I feel like I definitely could have gone in there and picked two DNs. Uh, yeah, for know, sure. Uh, three linebackers. <laughs> anyway, let's talk week eighteen. We've got a couple, a couple of clinching scenarios to keep an eye on. 
If the Bombers win and BC loses, that means the Western Final is going to be at IG Field in Winnipeg. If Montreal wins, they are going to clinch a home playoff game. So let's get into it uh, with what Matt has called the game of the year. Uh, this is a rematch of the season opener, as I mentioned earlier, where the Riders, they tallied eight sacks. They caused five turnovers, made us all think they were contenders. Um, they were clearly lying to us. It's not been a good season for the Ticats since then either. But here they come into this game with a lot to play for. Um, the third position in the East is up for grabs, and this is going to go a long way in deciding it. Tyler, you are the Pred King. Tell us what you think. This is actually the hardest game to Pred this week, is what I think. Oh, absolutely. It's not even close. Weirdly, I'll tell you, I'd like to get into whoever comes up with these lines for the CFL, because they are weird. Uh, Hamilton is a two-point... Hamilton is a two-point favorite. You'd have to... I'd love to see the reasoning behind Hamilton being a favorite. Also, the the CFL writers, they do their pick picks. They um, not unanimously, but they I think I think maybe I forget how many, maybe seven of eight people picked Hamilton, which I thought was surprising to see that many Hamilton that solid of a favorite in those rider picks. Listen, the riders aren't good right now, but a Hamilton ha- it's not either. I'm gonna take. <laughs> I, I'm gonna take Saskatchewan just because I've seen them actually play defense at some point this season, and yeah, yeah. I, I, like Hamilton's not gonna run the ball. We already know that, so it's it's totally on on the, whoever if Dane plays or whatever they decide, you know, to to win the game for them, and they just aren't good enough to do that. So I think, I, I think that's I, fair. Saskatchewan and the fact that the there is an uh, an under over of forty nine points is insane. This will a hundred percent be under. No, there will not be forty nine points in this game. Okay. Would you have a score prediction then? I would have a score prediction. I'll say Saskatchewan wins uh, twenty two to sixteen. Okay. Okay, that's fair. I think that. Tyler, many of much of what you said is is completely agree with. Uh, anything could happen, as I said before. Sketch is except Hamilton eight. running the ball. That will not happen. That will not fair. Sketch is two and eight in their last ten. Hamilton is four and six in their last ten, which is obviously not great, but that's um, better. Um, I'm going to go with the Tie Cats simply because I predicted they'd make the playoffs, um, and they, they need this one to make that happen. So I'm going to say the Ticats snag this and keep the dream of finishing third in the East alive. This is the biggest game of the year for both teams. Yes. This is the biggest game of Cody Fajardo's life. (laughs) This game potentially decides whether Craig Dickinson has a job next year. I think this game is more important than any of us realize oh my for God. the Saskatchewan <laughs> Rough Riders. Is it a game of the Cut year? Cut the promo. Cut the promo, man. I really I think, love it. I think Sketch has gone three straight Western Finals and not been able to get over the hump. They've got a 
team that's kind of fallen apart, you know, and I think it's clear, like Craig has talked about, if I pull the team, or if I pull my quarterback, he's going to get mad at me. And (laughs) that he thinks they suck. They're not very good. And now I think he's right, that he's correctly diagnosed the problem. (laughs) Uh you know, and, and I think my, my, I really do think that that Cody has all the skills. I think he's he's struggling to to meet the moment. So I think this can be. Oh, I guess I will say this will be a diverging path. There's no way that Saskatchewan goes forward now the way they have. This will either lead them to a Grey Cup. Or I love this. it will, they will not make the playoffs and everything falls apart. <laughs> Am I, I wrong? This. Like, do you guys see I, it somewhere different? Oh, no. I'm, as you're, you're talking, I'm just talking myself into a world where Sketch goes on a run, hosts the Grey Cup. Oh, boy. Like, well, they are hosting. You're talking yourself into, but you're already talking. The thing is, John. You no, talk, talking you're talking yourself into, into like a world eight where it's possible. Oh, okay. John is constantly ta- talking himself into like possibilities. Like la- last it's week, he joined. He joined me and like for excitement. Yeah, last week he joined me in trying to talk Toronto into like. Hey, being, don't act like I joined you. I've been on that Toronto game bandwagon. For okay, a long time. and then, now he's now he's doing the same thing for Hamilton this week, <laughs> but he yeah, also the, but he also but he also at the same time is doing it for Saskatchewan, not picking against them. It's amazing. I'm in my head. All I said was Matt, too. Did you not hear what Matt just said? That was passionate. That was laying out a storyline beautifully. Um, Matt, you still have yet to make your prediction, though. Well, so I am going to try and will this into existence. <laughs> yes. And I'm going to say that Sketch is going to take this one. Let's go. Um, and I, I, so I really do think that I believe that the outcome of this game decides Saskatchewan's future. I don't see a a world to put it as John did where Sketch loses this game and wins out. Yeah. And I think if they lose this game mathematically, I think that that's what they'll have to do and then get some help from Hamilton. So there's just the practicalities of where we stand in terms of records that that need to be reckoned with, but I think also in terms of the Saskatchewan mindset, they're just not they're if they can't win this game, they haven't got it. I love so it. I think they do got it, I and I it. think they're going to win this game. I love it. That was awesome. What a way to kick off the Preds week. Um, Peter will get his Preds later, I'm sure. Um, BC at Toronto. Uh, this is a rematch of week three where the Nathan Rourke-led BC Lions spanked the Argos 44-3. to um, I guess I'm making my first pick. And I want to say that I'm done. I'm done with the whole willing the Argos thing. Um, after a two-point performance against the Stampeders and what can only be described as um, an embarrassing an embarrassing effort um, considering what they have to play for, uh, considering the Owls are hot, you've got a chance to extend your lead, you know you're going to have to play them back-to-back weeks to end the season, and the Argos put two points two rouges on the board against calgary it's, it's impossible uh, it's 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 i mean i i would i haven't thought about this 
but it's got to be the worst performance of the year from anybody considering the stakes considering... you really pumped their tires last week I dude mean, i was ready for it you really were it's i want and i like listen it was trash um so i'm done i'm going to pick the bc lions you know it's funny who, who i also don't fully believe in but at least at least and what's interesting is this is on a va bad week He's gone good. Oh, bad, yeah, good. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You are, you are, you are. So you've got BC Toronto, bad VA week, bad Toronto team. Who knows what will happen? But I think Toronto gets the job. Or I think BC. Oh, you done. almost talked yourself back into Toronto. BC is my pick. Matt? So my turn. I did, really Peter, did Peter feel... submit picks? I don't know. Did I hear his pick? No. For... No. Okay. no. He did not. It's um, guy, guy is one. Guy is guy is one. Gordon guy is Lightfoot. <laughs> guy is yeah, one game I out. Mean, He's only one game behind me. He'll get his I, picks in. I don't know the. I don't. I want to pick Toronto in this one, but I think BC played a really good game against um, Ottawa. They are Ottawa. Fair, but. Uh, <laughs> James Butler, after we kind of gave him some some crap last week for not showing up, he showed up, you know, in a, in a good way. VA had a good game. Yeah, I think BC is going to take this one. Yes. Um, but fully expecting Toronto to be like, you know, like they got the Monstars stole their their stuff. Like it's just like oh, two points, uh, and it two points in the most. Like Boris Beatty way possible, like yes. got, you got like this is nuts, <laughs> like two, really bad. two, yeah. really bad, really yeah. really bad. I I will be the contrarian pick. It's Toronto, it's Toronto, it's Toronto. And I say once more, it's Toronto. Uh, they're actually even favored in the game, if you believe it. Um, no, I believe it. It's a bad VA week. They, it's uh, a bad. V- it's a bad VA week. <laughs> Ottawa tells me nothing about VA. It, it, great, you, you beat Ottawa. At this point in the season, Ottawa is dead. You, you beat a coach on, or you, you beat a team on its last legs. A team that wants is just begging for the season to end. Um, it's Toronto because Toronto still has to lock up their division with Montreal playing as well as they are. And now, do I think Montreal has a, a realistic shot of catching them, even if they lose this game? Probably not, but it's Toronto. Toronto is the pick. Their defense is not as bad as they showed. They're not playing Jake Mayer this week. It's Toronto. It's Toronto, and I think by Toronto standards comfortably, which to me means like a touchdown. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see that happening. Um, but that being said, I, I've put enough energy into toronto it hasn't been rewarded so if you it actually if you if you pick toronto every week you'd be you know overall ahead on toronto yeah that's true but you know if i did a lot of things differently i'd be better at preds okay uh, can we skip can to... we skip the next game and just all just maybe count down to three and we all just say our pick at the same time well no because i do want to make note of the last time these two teams played uh in week seven was the peak example of the bombers playing just above their opponents if you all remember this is when zach claros was a an incredible seven for 16 uh edmonton mvp MVP. mvp edmonton outgained the bombers by nearly 100 yards uh but then of course on the other side the bombers sacked cornelius five times 
intercepted them once, turned the Elks over on downs twice, um, and they won 24 to 10. Um, yeah, so we could, we, Matt is first, but if he wants to leave his first pick for next or for the Ottawa-Montreal game, we can all say our picks on three. Yeah, let's do our picks on three. Ready, picks on three. One, two, three. Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Okay. I want to say, though, because we just haven't had it. We need this to end. We need this. We ha- Next season, CFL, I don't know what you can do to like rig it so that we're not just sitting here. Doing like looking at a game, thinking like this team has no chance. Like, well, there's nothing they can do about that. I do want to say though that the Elks lost this past week. Of course, um, was unfortunate, but uh, it, it feels good in a way to be disappointed about an Elks loss. I haven't, I haven't had that hope. They should have won that one. It's been a long time, you know, since the Elks. You feel that they really should have won that game. Um, so. Three years, in fa- three years, in fact. They're making strides. Uh, so now let's get to a big one. Ottawa at Montreal. Uh, these teams have split their two matchups this season. Uh, both pretty solid games. Um, and then this is the first of a back-to-back. Matt, who wins? I'm liking Montreal. I'm, yeah. I'm liking uh, Trevor Harris. Uh, he's confident uh it helps having the best receiver in the league to throw to um like a guy that can really make you know trevor harris is i think is playing kind of as as well as he's played in the last few years um and the nice thing is he doesn't have to play lights out you know in to score a touchdown throw to eugene lewis you know you you can Throw a, a crazy close, you know, by the you know a hair's width, and he'll Eugene Lewis will grab, pull it in with one hand, and tiptoe out of the end zone, and so that's really nice. And then on the other side of the ball, Devontae Williams is still playing very well, um, but yeah, there's just there's just not enough going uh, for Ottawa. So I think Montreal takes this one fairly easily. Montreal, and if you're, if I'm peeking ahead on the schedule, if th- if dominoes fall the way they fall, Saturday, October 22nd, Montreal might be playing Toronto for first place. We don't know, but they do play Ottawa their next two games, and I have no faith and confidence in this Ottawa team. I'm going to be predicting Montreal two weeks in a row, um, yes. and and then they get Toronto at home. Very interesting development. Montreal is playing, is peaking at the right time. Um, their defense, can we talk about the defense? Defense has not allowed more than uh, 18 points in three weeks. Um, ironically, the last time they gave up a, a ton of points was versus Ottawa uh, in the beginning of September. I like where Montreal is trending. Montreal is an intriguing team. Stand back coming back. For the playoffs, even makes him more, even more intriguing as a stand team. Back, and if they can, and if they can somehow, <laughs> Toronto somehow chokes at the end of the season and and Montreal, somehow chokes. They they're choking. Uh, I mean, they lost the game. It's okay. Uh, they lost. They, they lost a game to the to that the was more than a loss. They, they lost a game to a team that is the consensus pick to win the Grey Cup. So I mean. Uh, yeah, but 40, Toronto's third 40%. on that simulation, so I don't really know what's going on here. Yeah, I mean, to me, Calgary uh, just 
I wish they would play Winnipeg right now because I really do think they would be a fun game. I think uh, Jake Mayer is so locked in. They're not playing this week. They have a bye week. But, um, yes, they lost to me for what Tyler feels is the best team in the CFL right now um, with their quarterback. Um, you're picking this one as Montreal. But I'm picking this one as Montreal. And I'm, I'm hoping for a little bit of maybe, – maybe a little bit of excitement here in the East at the end of the season. No, I, I agree. I'm looking ahead as well. Um, but I think it's important to know, yes, the Elks are on a little – or sorry, the Owls are on a little bit of a mini, mini heater. Um, but they played very poorly this past Saturday against Edmonton. Now, Montreal made the plays when they needed to be made, that massive interception return touchdown. They stopped the Elks on the goal line multiple times. Um, but the Alouettes got away with one, and I think that they know they got away with one, and they're going to right their mind and make sure that they don't uh, have any more close calls like that. So I, I think they get the job done um, against Ottawa this week. And then what's weird is we got they're on a weird short week. So this game's on a Monday this week. And then the rematch against Ottawa kicks off week 19 on a Friday. So you're going to have two teams playing a back-to-back on four days rest. There is a possibility that week 19, Ottawa-Montreal, is the sloppiest game of what has been a somewhat sloppy season. But so just just prefacing that, something to look forward to. Give me an Ottawa, give me an Ottawa Elks game. That would be great. Slop it up. It's happened. It's happened. But yes, I think that um, the Owls get the job done. Um, Hopefully, the injury report has not been posted, but hopefully William Stanback is getting closer to a a return. I would love that. Um, And then yeah, it it is going to be awesome. I, I know the CFL schedule has been kind of crap. There's been a lot of weird back-to-backs, but I'm glad that it worked out that Montreal-Toronto back-to-back to end the season is going to have very high stakes. So that'll be good. Let's talk fantasy, though. Let's not. All right. Uh, so Peter uh, did not set a lineup, and so... He did. Uh, he got blanked. Poor guy. Oh no! So, um, yeah, that's too bad. So Peter's officially out. I think that he lasted a, a good way into it, longer than he typically does. I want um, Peter. Peter post college is going to be interesting. Will he be more engaged with the pod? It's a, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's one of life's unknowables. I don't know. That's a great question. <laughs> Um, so this was a, uh, a frustrating week for me because I really feel like I'm not able to break through either to break away from Tyler, uh, or to get, you know, close to you, John, but I did, uh, win the week 95.5 points behind a two touchdown game from Nick Dembski at 28.5 points at a four touchdown game from Zach Caleros 27.8 uh, John, you were number two at 76.8. Um, big uh, big game for you was uh, Vernon Adams. And then Kadeem Carey also had that late touchdown yes. uh, to push him to your number two spot at 16.2. Tyler, Dalton Schoen continues to uh, perform for you at 22.5. Uh, but you had some, some misses elsewhere. Uh, and especially Sketch, that defense. The Sketch D is doing absolutely nothing for me. They, they suck. It's a I minus have the one. Th- I have the three leading. I have the three leading receivers in yardage and two in touchdowns. 
and I'm in, and I'm trailing deeply in third. It is extremely <laughs> frustrating season for Tyler. It doesn't make yes. any sense at all. My quarterback play has been eh. I, I'm glad that Harris has found himself, but I just I just can't get it right. If when Acklin has a has a dog shit game, Butler goes off on the bench. It's just oh, it's true. I am pulling my I am pulling my hair out setting this lineup every week. <laughs> well, I'm drafting two a... defenses next year. I'm doing it. Yeah, you should have done that. Well, you can still do it. Like I don't know who would you who's on your roster that you don't use. Kamar Jordan. Who? What deep? What deep? What's my defense option? I think the Hamilton defense is available. Montreal. Oh, no, I mean, I actually for this week. I mean, if, no, yeah, I, I don't. I don't, think I don't Montreal trust... is up there. Yeah, Montreal. Peter went one defense as well. Yeah, yeah. I'd like, I'd like, I'd like to formally declare my last move is for the Montreal defense, and I'll be dropping Kamar Jordan. There you go. See, easy. See. Do you see how easy that was? <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, right. it'll be tough. If I had a quarterback and Willie Stanback, you guys would have been I, screwed. I think this is gonna. This could get interesting late, but I. But also, I feel like everybody kind of evens out because if I think Matt may be the one who ends up getting burned most by possible resting of starters, just because Dembski and Caleros. Um, Obviously, I've been money for you uh, this late stretch of the season. Um, yeah, but I do have Mayor as my backup yeah, QB. See, I just if I just need Calgary to stay, <laughs> stay, you know, fighting for that second, yeah. fighting to host the uh, Western semis, so I can keep Carey, I can keep Bagleton on there. Um, yeah, and everything will everything will turn out right. It's nice that really the only team though we have to worry about in terms of resting is going to be the uh, the Bombers. Yeah. The most annoying, the most annoying thing about fantasy last week was Trevor Harris being playing exceptionally well, but only being allowed to throw the ball seventeen times. <laughs> he was fourteen to seventeen. I, I don't get why they just stopped throwing the ball. I don't. Bizarre. That's a great question. Bizarre. I think he was eleven of twelve by halftime, and they threw the ball like five more times in the second half. Just what? <laughs> what? 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 Tyler, I might be able to take your mind off that by letting you know that we have listener feedback this week. Shut your mouth. It's not CFL related, but it's a question I think you're going to enjoy. Um, this one comes from friend of the podcast, Cole. Oh, uh, yeah. Who recently saw Top Gun for the first time and is very excited to see Top Gun Maverick. Okay, I just watched uh, Top Gun Maverick last week. It was great, wasn't it? So good. So good. One of the best movies ever made. <laughs> so good. Unironically, one of the best movies ever made. Um, but Cole asks us, what is the best form of potato? How do you like Ooh. to consume your Oh, potatoes? boy. Should I wake Coco up for this? Because she has opinions. <laughs> I mean, maybe you could just tell us her opinions. It's her, fa- it's her favorite food, and she would have a, she would have to sit here for probably half an hour and. and okay, discuss so this. maybe don't wake her up, but you can certainly tell her we talked about this. Yes. Um, See, and now I'm not. I don't, yeah, definitely don't wake her up because my opinions are going to be incredibly lowbrow. And, you know, she's going to have some sort of potato dish. Yes. I mean, right She'd now it's like spot. What's it, what's that thing? Spatzel or spatzel is, is not. It's not potato. It's a butter noodle. Oh well, whatever. 
I don't um, right now. I, 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 I will say <laughs> South Southwest German potato salad. It's served cold and it's like a vinegar, a vinegar mustard base is delicious. But that's not my oh. pick. But it's it's very good. Dude, See, that's what I mean. Like, I, my, like, I'm not even there. I'm German potato French salad. fries, mashed potatoes, and Gruyere potatoes. So okay. <laughs> like you're talking potato salad. Like I'm I'm way below you. I think I am gonna have to take Gruyere potatoes. Interesting. So a little cheesiness action. A little cheesy potato action. The way grandma used to make them. I did, speaking of cheesy, I there's this Beecher's cheese in Seattle. Yeah. Uh-huh. I know it well. And really great. Which one do you like? And, the, I like the No Woman No Cry or No Whatever It's No Cry, the Jamaican uh, spice one we make. Oh, I, I haven't tried that. I just get like mac and cheese or whatever. But we were there. Cheddar. They have a kiosk <laughs> in the mall. And... I was like, do you guys do you guys do poutine? They have cheese curds. Like, they have uh, French fries. Yes. I was like, do you guys do poutine? And I was like, what's poutine? Oh. I go, guys, you're running a cheese shop. That's... Just just put your cheese curds and gravy on some some French fries. That's like, get, get real. There is a poutine, like, a there is a poutine company here in Berlin, uh, in Germany. <sighs> That I've found. It's it's Canadian though. I think it's actually Canadian owned. It's pretty it's pretty good. What's it called? Frittenwerk. Of course. That stands for Fritter Works. For those of you. Um, so interesting that you went Gruyere potatoes. I'm so potato salad is great, particularly red skin potato salad um, from mm. Reesers. Oh yeah. I don't need to get fancy with it. Um, that was my that was my treat for myself in college. Finish a big test, go to Freddy's, get a tub of red skin potato salad, and feast. Um, but the answer for me, the best form to consume a potato in, is the tater tot, invented <laughs> in the great state of Oregon, um, and the most delicious, slathered in ketchup. Uh, Little bite size more. And Matt, and Matt, have. you thought yours was lowbrow. The, the, the tot is. I'm actually mostly just mad that John like played this as a total ringer on on us. Like, no, he's like, I thought it just, was just, be a great conversation. You just sprung this on us, and you've been thinking about it all week, and yeah, you have a whole thing planned all, out. I got the question this morning, and second of all, <laughs> it did not take me long to think of the tater tot, uh, <laughs> but the tot is my answer. For for me, uh, it's for a recent it's a recency bias. Um, actually, oh God, it's uh, gonna be some dumb German thing. It is some dumb German thing. It's, it's just not. Total... It's, it's not some dumb German thing. Relax. Uh, I love home fries. Um, how I like to make them? I take the take the potato, one inch cube them, skin on. Uh, usually a russet or whatever you want to use. Russet <laughs> russet's fine. Um, and you soak you soak the potatoes in cold water. For like 15, I do half an hour, as they say 15 minutes, I say half an hour. And that takes all the starch out, which makes it much quicker to cook uh, cook them. Uh, and then yeah, because you, you've wasted 30 minutes soaking them. Well, soaking is soaking is important. That's the Mormons. Um, oh. 
I am so worried the second we started this. <laughs> um, I just love the idea that if you're worried about your potatoes taking too long, soak them for 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah, but they, they just, it, it cooked quite quickly. Then you put the oven, you put the oven, not necessarily on broil, but like pretty high, between 425 and 450. That's Fahrenheit. I'm, I'm not on the Celsius bandwagon. Um, you, you cover them in you cover them in olive oil and whatever whatever seasonings you'd like on them. So you can you can mix it up. You can be salt. You could, I like some Old Bay on there. Very good. Uh, and then you roast them for like thirty minutes, and they are crispy boys, and they are delicious. You can have them for breakfast. You can have them with dinner. Uh, with what uh, you just explained, like, though, it took you th- an hour to make these for breakfast. <laughs> Uh, a 30 minute soak no, and 30 the, minute the, roast the, the trick and I'm sure Tyler you, you would say this but the trick is to cook your potatoes beforehand like to, to or do a big batch yeah yeah, you're not yeah gonna huge, make huge batch yeah you're going you're, we're, we're talking like like I'm going to cook like 4 pounds of potatoes yeah I did this I did bigger I did like uh, 1 inch cubes uh, we had it on Friday with our salmon but yeah did the same thing did not soak it so I will have to try that it will it, it works it good. works it works great and they end up tasting uh, a lot better um, I will I will say this too uh, great you just throw them in the fridge to Matt's point you make the batch and then you just when you want to reheat them don't put them in the microwave or anything put them on the stovetop with a little mm-hmm. butter a little butter in the pan and like this is and bring them back to, and like really bring them back, and they taste totally different, and they taste but awesome. Um, mm-hmm. So I love yep. this. yeah, home home fries, big. Actually, Texas made me a home fries fan uh, at TCU because uh, they had it often at, at many breakfast places. And it was not a thing. And home fries, in New Jersey, they're all right. Diners had them, but it was more like a hash brown place than a. See, I like really crispy hash browns. Yeah, I like that's, really crispy roasts. That's roast. my preference. Yeah, I like really Have crispy roasts. Have you ever had the loaded hash browns from Sherry's? <laughs> no, but a, but a McDonald's hash browns they're, is just solid. The loaded hash browns from Sherry's. You got cheese, you got sour cream, you got chives. <laughs> they are so good, it's actually hard to put into words. Um, Sherry's is also just, you know, classic establishment. A real classy joint here on the uh, west coast of the United States. Anyway, you came for CFL news, you got a language lesson, you got disappointment talk, and you finished up with some talk about the potato. (laughs) Anyway, with that being said, unless you guys have anything else to say, we'll bid these fine people farewell. Adieu. Talk to them next week. Anything to say? Yes, I want like a little pred. Who in the Giselle Tom divorce is going to get more money? Who's going to get? They have a well. Who's? I I, I think they probably both walk away with whatever they've been making throughout the marriage. Okay. I can't. They would have had a a very thorough prenup. I think she pays him. That's my. No. She she makes more money. I know, but I I again, like I said, I think they have a very. I don't think either of them pay alimony to each other that's my bread that's my bread well i gotta do some quick but i didn't want you to think too hard about it no all right we'll we'll talk about this next week but it's all right move ahead we're out of here guys we'll chat with you next week enjoy the games this weekend cole thank you for your question Uh, And we'll chat with you later. Peace. Peace.